We make USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at USAA.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply. Hi, this is Marissa Meyer. And this is Delaney. And this is Sloan. And you're listening to the Prince Kai Fan Pod. Hello, welcome to episode 100 of 6 of the Prince Kai Fan Pod, where Marissa is queen, captain is king, and I am your host, Bethany Finger. This episode is brought to you by Rampion Crew patron supporters. Thank you. Today, we have a very special guest. I really want you to introduce yourself because, like, I'm still kind of, you're like a celebrity in the community. <laughs> I mean, if you say so. <laughs> I um, remember when you, like, started following me on Instagram and I was like, oh, my God. You're like, I, like, no. it? <laughs> <laughs> um, hi, my name is Shannon. Um, I draw a lot of Lunar Chronicles fan art. Um, you might know me better as Shan Lightyear on Instagram and Tumblr. I occasionally post on Twitter. I'm not that good at it yet, though. Same. Um, so yeah, and, and I just draw a lot of Lunar Chronicles fan art. And we live for it. Or at least I do. <laughs> I mean, I, I enjoy it. I haven't stopped yet, so I mean if they listen to this podcast, they've seen some of it because I, I share sure hope it all so. the time. <laughs> I'm really excited to share some of your stuff from winter. Oh dude. Don't don't get me started. <laughs> I'm sure that like every time I'll listen to like an episode from winter, I'll be like, Oh, that's another thing I gotta draw. Add it to the list. I've had some of your stuff saved for like at least a year. No, really? Yeah. Oh my God. Because I reached out to you pretty quickly after starting to do Fan Art Friday and you were like, oh yeah, you can share anything you want. And I was basically like just scrolling through your Instagram like, <laughs> and you're like I'm going nice, to want that, I'm going to want that, I'm going to want that. Like, <laughs> I remember you you asking me for like like the first time and I was like, Prince Guy Fan Pod, is this... No, is this like a whole entire podcast dedicated for what? And I'm just now hearing about this. <laughs> and our fate was That's sealed. Like, over a hundred episodes, and I've done three episodes with Marissa herself. Like she has shared me on, which is wild, by the way. I know, right? <laughs> but like, I'm on her social media. I'm on her website. She, she, and I have done like lives together on Instagram. I've done her podcast, and I. I don't know I don't, how you don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you don't know because I don't know what else I could possibly do. <laughs> Marketing <laughs> is hard, than, man. <laughs> other than like getting a sticker in every single Lunar Chronicles book from here on out that says like, don't forget to listen to Prince Guy fan pod. And even then, I'm not entirely sure. (laughs) That wouldn't help for people that already own the books. So I don't, I don't know how to better get the word out. (laughs) I mean, once you figure it out, (laughs) once someone figures it out, I'm sure that that we'll let each other know. (laughs) I feel like once I have like, now that I have like a relationship with Marissa, like she's been on, multiple episodes she's agreed to come back like anytime i ask her yeah you guys are tight I'm, I'm all over her social media like after that what else could i possibly do that would improve upon marissa herself sharing <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know what else i could do that would be better than that yeah so i don't know if you haven't heard i don't know how <laughs> 
That's like when people say they've never heard of the Lunar Chronicles in general. And I'm like, are you sure you like YA books? Yeah, right. And I'm like, hang on a second. I'm, I'm going to need to have a learning moment with you here. Sit down. Let me introduce you to the best book series of your life. <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while, I get people that are like, oh, I've never heard of Marissa Meyer. I was like, I'm, and it's like, I thought you said you were big into YA fantasy. And they're like, oh, that's all I read. I'm like, then how did you miss 13 books by a best-selling <laughs> author that are all YA fantasy? What's, what's really funny <laughs> is that I, I used to work at Barnes & Noble, and one time, it was, it was summertime, and we were getting a lot of uh, young students in for summer reading books. And this one girl came in, and I couldn't find her first choice, and I was looking at her uh, summer reading list, and I was looking on it, and Cinder was on there. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I like started to like, like fan out a little bit. I'm like, listen, I'm not telling you this as a Barnes & Noble employee. This is literally just like my favorite book ever. You should give it a shot. Like it's, it's a fun, it's an easy read. You'll very much enjoy it for summer reading for a grade. Are you kidding me? And right? this poor girl, I was, I was ranting to her about like Cinder for like at least five minutes. <laughs> and she was like, no, I think I'll just go with this other one. I'm like, are you sure now? That's how I would have been. Right? I'm just like this poor 16-year-old kid. I'm like, like, dude, oh, I'll give sorry. you my employee. You're like, I'll give you my employee discount if you just read it. Like, Literally. I was like, just, just read it. Just read it. Just pushing my, my Lunar my Chronicles copy, agenda. Okay? Exactly. <laughs> just pushing my Lunar Chronicles agenda on every single patron of Barnes & Noble. I think Ashley borrowed my first book and then, like, she had the book, but I was out of town or something and she needed the other books. And I was like, well, just get the spare key from so-and-so. Yeah, and, and then just the take mine. <laughs> I'm like, just go get the books from my house. It's okay that I'm not home. And she's like, no, I just went to Walmart and bought all of them. And I'm like, well, that works too. Oh, yeah. I forgot that that would also be a thing. <laughs> that would also be a solution. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you do Whatever makes you happy, girl. Also, uh, Ashley is finally home. Oh, yay. That's Nathan excellent. Found, very excited. She did get accepted into the United States uh, Space Force. Um, so she will be moving and transitioning from one branch of the military to the other, um, which we're all very excited and proud of her, I hope. I am. Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah. That's so cool. You can bet that you have an astronaut friend. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Just casually work it into every single conversation. Well, right. my friend, the astronaut, actually. <laughs> <laughs> my friend, Ashley, the astronaut. Like, like I'm name dropping a celebrity. Exactly. <laughs> there was one episode of, of Happy Writer where Marissa name dropped me and I thought I was going to die. <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm popular enough. I'm here. She, she knows some, me. Like, one person was talking about like their busy schedule and she was like, oh, my friend Bethany has a schedule <gasps> like that. Where she, like, You're she her friend. I know. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I'm going to die. Oh my God. And I told my husband, he's like, why wouldn't you be her friend at this point? And I was like, I don't know because she's famous. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's excellent. I was really friends with a queen. Come on. <laughs> so that was my, my biggest fangirl moment to date for sure. Oh, definitely. So, speaking of fangirl, do you remember how you found her books? Um, I think, because I was thinking about this specifically for this episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> you knew the questions that were coming. I did. I, I, I studied. <laughs> um, so, I, I think that I was about to go on vacation with my then-boyfriend, now-husband. Um, and I'm like, I just, I need something to read. Um, and I picked out 
like I had just seen like someone that I had followed on Tumblr, like just review it. And I'm like, Oh, that's a cool cover. <laughs> like I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know anything else. Um, I saw it at target and I bought it. Um, <gasps> That's and my story too. Why, why is it Target? Like Target has because everything. Because we love to just get a coffee and walk around Target. Of like, course, Target is it's the the center of the universe. I'm I'm sure of it. I'm really <laughs> glad my husband is finally starting to catch on. Like we yes. were where we were the other day, but I think we were at Kohl's, which is like right next to Target. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we're gonna go to Target next, right? And he was like, what do you need from Target? And I was like, nobody knows what they need. <laughs> from target you just go and target tells you as you walk around no list just vibes <laughs> the lady in the aisle like behind us started busting up laughing and my husband was like all right so i guess we're going to target and she was I've, like can you call my husband i've like, finally <laughs> trained my husband to to like do a loop around target which is what i say so normally yep. he just goes right to like what we need and i'm like no 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 you're no, not doing uh-huh. target correctly <laughs> you have to do a loop and then you got to get all the stuff in the middle where because because they have like random uh end of aisle clearance stuff and it'll make no sense like you'll find candles on clearance by the auto section exactly and you're like you know what it's fate it's you gotta look i need that candle (laughs) you gotta find that stuff sometimes it's hidden exactly so glad we could clear that up for him. <laughs> yeah, this is no longer a Lunar Chronicles podcast. This is only the Target podcast. I'm not uh, thanks for joining in. Today at Target, I would totally listen to that podcast. <laughs> exactly, right? Uh, so what are you currently reading at the moment? Um, I have been jumping around from book to book like a bad Ooh. book reader. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but the one that I'm currently reading is We Hunt the Flame by Hafsha Faisal. I don't know if I pronounced that right. I really hope I did. But um, I really like it so far. The world building, like the general kind of like world that you've been introduced to so far where I am in the book, um, is really interesting. I feel like I, I, I feel like I know the cover for that one. Yeah, it's really pretty. It's such a gorgeous cover. Okay, I do recognize that cover. Did I buy it? It's so hard. <laughs> Isn't that the, the question of, of any I'm book like lover? I'm like turning oh, around trying to figure out like which section it would be in. Yeah, I, I actually think it would be in like... I mean, obviously it would be in YA, but like I'm trying to think of like what other books I, I found in next year. entire <laughs> library is YA. Oh yeah, definitely. It's yeah. the most fun so, section. So the books that I own are all YA, and then there's, like, a few history books. There's a couple romance books from Nora Roberts when I'm in the mood for that. Yeah. Um, There's some classic literature. Yeah. I I would say I probably have about 300 books, if not more, and I would say less than 10% are going to be not YA. Yeah, I would actually agree with you completely on all of the statistics right there. <laughs> it's all I, I think I have a handful of like regular like adult fiction. Um, yeah. Because I didn't know that it was not why <laughs> I have a couple um, like new adult where they're like 20 to 30 years old. Ooh, new adult so, scares me. <laughs> I think it's just I because it's, it. it's like new and like, I, I haven't really like dipped my toe into the possibilities yet. Um, but like, I just kind of like see them floating around and I'm like, Hmm, I don't know yet. 
So there's one I love called Something Blue by Emily Giffen. Yes. Um, And I love that book. And I I, love because it's a coming of age story of a woman who just turned 30. Oh. And I'm like, I read so many coming of age stories of people who just turned 16. Like, and you're like, cool. It's really <laughs> nice to see someone my age who still doesn't have everything figured out yet. <laughs> yes, I can't tell you how many YA books I've read where like they save the world at 17, and I'm like, buddy, at 17, like, I could not do that. I'm still like, I'm still trying to like figure out what clothes fit best. Sometimes, you know. Yeah, and I'm supposed like, to take down a monarchy. I'm not sure I could do that. <laughs> But I have all my books separated by, like, genre. So there's, like, dystopia books in one shelf. And then, like, there's, like, five shelves of retellings. Oh, you're already uh, more uh, more organized than I am. <laughs> yeah, I actually reorganize a lot. Just, like, I'm, it's, uh, uh, I enjoy organizing. It's, like, a therapeutic thing. So oh, yeah, definitely. Every once in a while, I'll literally just take everything off the shelves and go crazy. Yeah, I'm one of the, the heathens that um, organizes it by color. <laughs> And like, See, I would struggle to keep track of where everything is, but I bet it looks really pretty. It sure does. And like, I can find like things pretty often. Like I haven't had a hard time finding anything yet. So fingers crossed that that'll stay. <laughs> See, like mine works out well because sometimes I don't know what I'm in the, like what I want to read, but like, I know what I'm in the mood for. Oh, that's, I, and I, I would say at least half of my books that are currently in my home, I have not read. So oh, yeah. me too. <laughs> I can go to my shelf and be like, okay, I'm in the mood for dystopia. I'm in the mood for adventure. I'm in the mood for romance. Like whatever I'm in the mood for, I can go to that shelf and be like, I haven't read this one yet and just grab it and go. That is a very good idea. I have a stack <laughs> of like books I want to read soon. I'm staring at them right now and they're just mocking me like, you're not going to read me soon. <laughs> I like to pull the book forward on the shelf. Oh, and then just to make sure it's nice and and organized, then you could just be like, all right, I guess I'll finally read it. So now I know which ones need to be read because it's pulled forward. My husband found this picture of a library and the entire library was white, the rug, the floor, the walls, and the couch and stuff. And all of the books were turned backwards. Oh, yeah. That's like a, yeah, with like the the paper edge showing. Yeah, I don't like that at all. He was like, this would be such a good April Fool's joke, right? I was like, you better put everything back exactly the way you found it if you do that. I mean, as... I'm not going to lie, exactly the way you found it. You better take pictures (laughs) and make sure you get it right. You want to talk about not being able to find anything. (laughs) (laughs) And that picture caused me anxiety. I can't imagine if I woke up and went into my own library and it looked like that, I would probably have a panic attack. Oh, yeah, definitely. dramatic. Like, I'm dead serious. That would cause me a lot of... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah definitely there's that like one uh like viral picture that went around like a couple years ago from a barnes and noble in the mystery section and all of the books were turned yes. paper to face like paper side <laughs> out and let me tell you that was also oh. mimicked in like in my barnes and noble that i used to work at and i That's wanted awesome. to commit murder every single time it happened i'm <laughs> just yell out in the store very funny guys <laughs> I couldn't, I can't do it. No, I, I I know I sound really dramatic, but like there are certain things that cause me anxiety and I'm a very organized person. 
Um, yeah, and it, like, it just needs to be that, nice. <laughs> yes, and not to like, and not in like an OCD way because OCD is a real disorder that people have that people struggle with, and I don't like the the sense of like if you like things clean, you must be OCD, and it's like no, that's not no, the same that, thing. Yeah, that's not right. But I do like things organized, and it will cause me anxiety if it's not organized. Yeah, I, I can. It. Yeah, that same over here. <laughs> Preaching to the can't choir. Say that. My husband, um, sorry, my sister just blew up my phone. She just got a puppy, so she's been... Oh, then it's very welcome then. Yes, and he is apparently, because she has two cats, um, and he is apparently taken after the cats. So she's been sending me videos of him trying to act like a cat, but he can't. Like, they they have him on the counters and walk around, and he's just, like, jumping in midair and can't understand why they can get on the counter, and he can't get on the counter. Oh, my God, I love him already. Yes, he's adorable. His name is Charlie after Charlie Swan from the Twilight series. Of course, the only yep. acceptable <laughs> name for any dog. <laughs> so, well, all of her dogs are named, or all of her pets are named after like characters of some kind. So she has a cat named Luna, <gasps> like Luna Lovegood, um, and That's she has excellent. a, <laughs> and she has another cat named Rocco because her and her boyfriend love Rocco's Modern Life, the oh cartoon. My God. Early 90s. <laughs> That's also a really good name for a pet. I'm know, writing that right? down. <laughs> I know. I love that my sister picks her names like that. It makes me oh, really yeah. happy. Yeah, that's a that's a good uh, naming convention right there. Yet, I forgot what we were talking about because I got all excited about the puppy. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not entirely sure I remember either. I was so enthralled with the puppy that I know. Every that's other okay. I'm supposed to be working on tangents, anyways. So. <laughs> I think that's it that's new in the world right now. Yeah, nothing nothing else to report. No, when does this come out? We've got the... Oh, oh, that's what is so exciting about this episode. This episode comes out two days before the two-year anniversary of Prince Kai Fanpod. Oh my gosh, happy birthday. Yes, <laughs> happy excited. birthday, Prince Kai Fanpod. I'm going to have a, a virtual party. I, th- I found all these cool things. Uh, we're gonna do like I found a way for us to have like a, a online trivia thing Ooh, where I can I love like trivia. Have, <laughs> I get to send you guys a link, and whoever answers the fastest, the the most right answers, the fastest wins. Ooh. So I've made a bunch of <laughs> trivia games. Like I made a TLC one, I made a Heartless one, I made a Renegades one, Uh-oh. I made an Instant Carnival, <laughs> and I made a Prince Kai Fan Pod one. So I hope Ooh, y'all listen. The lore. Yes, you shouldn't I, have told I, me that because I am very competitive. Yes, well, now you know what you need to go and study because I tried to make it challenging. Because I'm not, I'm not going to be like, "What was Scarlett's grandmother's name?" Like I'm yeah, trying to no, make no, no. it challenging. <laughs> oh, I've so, trained my whole entire adult life for this exact moment. I feel like that whenever somebody says they want to do like Friends or Harry Potter trivia, I'm like, I got you. Yeah, you're like, don't worry about it. <laughs> There was one I got that no one else got a few years ago, and it was who ran the orphanage that Tom Riddle grew up in. Oh my god, I wouldn't have gotten that. It was Cole. What? Wait, what? Cole. Oh, like see. Coal in a fire, like dirt. Yes. Like the dark soul. Like, I don't know how I remembered <laughs> it, but I was like, oh, her name was Cole. And everybody was like, how the hell do you know that? And I was like, well done. And that's how you cinched the win. <laughs> like, I've read these books too many times <laughs> uh, <laughs> but 
if you want to be a part of that, you can join Patreon, which is free for the first month. So if you join like May 1st, you're not going to get charged until June 1st. And you can come to the party and have lots of fun with us. And I send yeah. out prizes. So, yeah. <laughs> High I mean, there's a million here. other reasons why people should join Patreon because it's awesome. But mainly uh, for the trivia prizes, <laughs> if you're competitive like I don't me. Know. Sarah the other day said they should join just to listen to the episode that Quentin did on the bonus episodes. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's actually a very good incentive. I told him, I was like, everybody loves you. He's like, I'm not doing another one. I'm like, but they loved you. And he's like, but I can't handle it. <laughs> and you're <laughs> like, no, no, just wait. <laughs> if you listen closely to that episode, you'll hear like a, a, a slight noise in the background. That's him jittering in his chair because he Aww, was like, he was, he was nervous. So angry his first day on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, he did so great though. Yeah. <laughs> So anyways, everybody go join Patreon. It's awesome. At this point, I think there's 17 bonus episodes now altogether. Sure. So if nothing else, <laughs> you've listened to all the podcast episodes and you need something else to listen to, there's some right there. I know yeah. every once in a while I run out of podcast episodes because I get caught up on everything. And then I'm like, what am I supposed to listen to now? The silence? <laughs> My inner thoughts? Never. My inner thoughts? I don't, I, nobody needs to listen to my inner thoughts. It's all just like, it's all just horns and Taylor Swift and books. Just elevator music up there. <laughs> Probably. But it, like, I think fan art, fan art also takes place in my mind. So we will transition into some lovely fan art. Yes, yeah, some excellent fan art. Ooh, amazing. Okay, so this is from May 14th. It is by Blind Thistle on the TLC Wiki. It's Channery at the funeral, you guys. I love this. It's like literally her outfit with the body paint and the little heart that says, like, you will be missed. And the, the tutu and the, the sparkly bodice and everything. I love it so much. I love the attention to detail on, like, her hands and her facial structure. Yes, it's very, like, delicate is, is yes. how I would put it. And it's just yeah. like, yes, it's very nicely detailed. I love it so much. I saw this and I was like, ooh, I need to share this. And then, like, I tried to message the person on um, the TLC wiki and it said the account expired. So I was like, oh, no. well, how am I going to share this? <laughs> and so I was, like, reading through all of their posts trying to see if there was another contact method. And there wasn't, but it did say if you share art to give credit. And I was like, I always give credit. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, well... This is credit. This is amazing. Thank you so much. I know. My husband is like, why do you even bother? If it's on the internet, you can like just share it. And I'm like, no, it's, I'm giving it, credit. We're yeah, let's, let's give credit. Let's give credit. Artists need credit too. Yes. There's a whole starving artist theory. I want to make sure you guys get like some McChickens, you know? Exactly. A couple of chicken nuggets. <laughs> Maybe a Baja Blast or two. <laughs> that is something I'm happy about. McDonald's got their breakfast burritos back, and um, I eat them way too much. So, yay, my I... tummy, uh, <laughs> but not calories and my pocketbook. <laughs> See, I was obsessed with the uh, McDonald's snack wraps, and oh. I, will, I will not rest until they're brought back. <laughs> <laughs> um, my sister, Lindsay, loves the bagels. At McDonald's? Uh-huh. And they don't have them at the McDonald's in California where she lives. I didn't even know so, they had them at all. 
Yeah, they have like a bacon, egg, and cheese bagel, and it's like got this like mustard mayonnaise sauce on it. I don't like the sauce, but that's like what they're known for is the sauce. So when she came out here to visit, I was like, I was like, let's go get McDonald's for breakfast. And she was like, can we have Hardee's instead? And I was like, no, you're going to want McDonald's. And she, <laughs> she doesn't normally want McDonald's. And she was like, I really don't want McDonald's. And I was like, would you just trust me? <laughs> you're going to want was, McDonald's. She was really, really proud. Like until we got to the drive-thru and I was like, yeah, can we have a bacon, egg and cheese bagel with extra sauce? And she was like, oh my <gasps> gosh. I was like, yeah, stop pouting. <laughs> You're like, yeah, <laughs> listen and to she, me more. And she listens to the podcast. So, hey, Lindsay, love you. <laughs> Actually, she found out she's moving to Utah. So maybe, maybe Utah has bagels at McDonald's, Lindsay. Look it up. Ooh, fingers across, really. Right? <laughs> Like, I, I totally get that. I miss Taco John's. You know, I'm quickly realizing that I don't think I, I leave my house very much. Or, <laughs> or, or at least, <laughs> <laughs> or at the very least, where I live, I only have, like, the, like, big three, like the McDonald's, Burger King, and Wendy's. Uh, not a big Wendy's fan or Burger King fan. I'm not a big Burger King fan. Wendy's has grown on me. Actually... Not a big um, McDonald's fan for, like, afternoon either. Yeah, it's, like, fries and, like, a Diet Coke as, like, a snack. And then that's right. that's pretty much it. Yeah, I like their fries, but they have to be fresh. Yes. And different barbecue sauce. Of course. Only acceptable <laughs> way. I think we should get back to the topic at hand, though. Because <laughs> yes. I get about food all the time. By the way, for those of you who created a drinking game from... Prince Kai fan pod and Ooh, you're supposed you to take now? <laughs> and you're supposed to take a shot every time I mention food I want to know is that one shot or do you have to take it because I mentioned bagels burritos Wendy's Taco John's McDonald's Burger King and uh Hardee's is that seven shots or is it just one I think they might be dead <laughs> if, if it's for every <laughs> separate food I recommend <laughs> you take a bite all and get a banana and a Gatorade That's yeah just my Drink some water and go to bed. (laughs) I've never had a hangover. I'm not big on drinking. I usually fall asleep after like half a glass of wine. Yeah, neither am I. I'm not a big drinker. um, So I've never really had a hangover. But my husband uh, had a friend over and they were celebrating and they... Uh, he woke up and he had a hangover and he had to go to work and he couldn't find the aspirin. And I was like, take a couple of Midol. And he was like, isn't that for like your period and I was like would you just trust me it's, and I was like oh, okay so he took a couple of Midol and a Gatorade and a banana and like an hour later he he's like this is the secret to to life really I've right? I'm, I'm powerful nothing can like, touch me <laughs> he was like looking at the ingredients too. He's like, what's in this, <laughs> what's in this thing <laughs> am I gonna wake up and be Captain America <laughs> I was like it's basically just Tylenol with a with a ton of caffeine but trust me it works for some reason yeah so, yeah, I wouldn't take it after like 2 p.m. though, because it does have a bunch of caffeine in it. So, oh, if you yeah, like definitely. Anyways, uh, I didn't I say before we recorded that I'd gotten so good at tangents, and I'm just you did, but I, I wasn't gonna hold you to that. <laughs> Nobody should ever hold me to that. So, another artwork that is ridiculously amazing, I have to say, okay. I put out a call to Patreon a couple weeks ago. I said, we're doing Ferris, and I am having trouble finding Ferris art. 
Um, so all of you artists, create stuff for me or send me stuff, please and thank you. And you guys have. And I'm so grateful because I have found some really cool stuff. So this is by Nanny the Witch on Tumblr. This is and possibly the sweetest thing I think I've ever laid my eyes on. This adorable. is so sweet. It's it's uh, Solstice and she's with child and she's in this beautiful like blue gold gown. She almost yeah. looks like a her hair is like um just kind of flowing down her back and there's the constellation and the moon in the background and she's got this like beautiful soft smile on her face the sweet little blush on her cheeks and her shoulders it's so cute she does look very elegant and delicate which is how she's described in the books yes yes exactly actually and this is actually a very simple artwork there's not a ton of um excessive detail it's very simple and i think that makes it even more um interesting to to sit there and look at i think it's absolutely gorgeous yeah it really focuses on on solstice in the center and it's so sweet her expression is so sweet yeah i agree very very good Ugh, i love all the fan art we get i really do so big thank you to both those artists for letting me share um last week patreon got to vote on quote chapter title because there aren't really chapters so which i did give marissa a hard time about Uh, (laughs) pages 30 to 40 is shadow by ashley simpson and i'm really happy about this pages 40 to 49 is invisible by skylar gray um and once i found out the lyrics to that i almost was like you guys don't get to choose it has to be this but that felt really (laughs) unfair so I was like, I'll put mine up there, but I really hope Amanda's wins. And it did. So thank you. Yay. I love when it works out that way. Exactly. It was meant to be. It was meant to be. And now chapters. And now chapters. All right. Okay. So we are doing pages 49 to 66 of Ferris. And last week we left off with the birthday. Yes. The birthday party and Lavana was heartbreaking or heartbreaking, heartbroken because <laughs> Everett gave her a gift, but she also got caught pretending to be his wife. Yeah, that's not a good look, Lavana. <laughs> no. And no. now Everett knows that she's crushing on him and then he got her a birthday present, so that's not awkward. No, not at all. I, I will give him a lot of credit where like he he is just kind of being like, please, please don't don't like don't do this. Like, come on, man. Uh, with the uh, my wife also sends her warmest regards. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I, I don't know Solstice very well, but I could see Solstice being the one that's like, you should send her this gift. Yeah, like like she's just genuinely being nice about it. Like, oh, like you're you're friends with the princess. Like she needs right. a friend. And also, if they have the kind of relationship I think they do, he told her about Lavana pretending to be her. And Solstice yeah. was probably like that poor 15-year-old girl. Has she must a be so lonely. Guy, and she must be so lonely. Like, let's throw her a bone, thinking yeah. nothing would ever come of it. Have I got some bad news for you, Solstice? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so the head Thama is Joshua Hayden. Or Haddon. Mm-hmm. He says that Dr. Darnell, dun, dun, dun. Ooh. Intrigue. It's Dr. Erlandio, guys. 
<laughs> he's making progress on the wolf lunar hybrids. And Channery is bored. Come on, Channery. You gotta, like, minimal effort here, babe. Right? Like, she she seems to be at, like, a, a daily, maybe weekly briefing. Yeah. And so she's getting updated on everything. They increased productivity in the textile sectors. That's a bad sign, you guys. That's Uh-oh. never a good sign when you have to increase productivity. Yeah. Anywhere. You know why? Because that means you're working your workers harder and workers have to sleep. Yes. It takes That's a never a good sign. No, it's not. Lavana, however, is very interested in these soldiers. It was a program her father started several years ago, and it's an army that relies on animal instincts instead of the lunar gift, which people call ludicrous and monstrous, but Lavana thinks it's actually very effective. Yes, I actually thought that that was pretty interesting, because, like, like, genuinely, what exactly are the purposes of, like, the wolf-soldier hybrids? Like, what... Like, what, why were they made, exactly? Like, what's the threat to Luna that exists that's not just Earth? Yeah, and I think this is a really good explanation. She says, an entire army of half-men, half-beast creatures. Soldiers who have the intelligence of humans, but the sensory perception of wild predators. They wouldn't fight by expected and predictable means of warfare, but rather by the basest instincts of hunting and survival to terrorize and pillage and devour their enemies. So what's interesting about this to me, because I'm a dog mom and I've spent a lot of time in shelters and working with canines. um, What's interesting to me about this is that wolves hunt for food and they do have like a pack mentality, but they don't really care about like devouring their enemies. Yeah, it's not exactly uh, a, like a naturally feral kind of trait. Right. And so it makes you wonder if Dr. Erland had to purposely find that gene and give it to all of the wolf soldiers specifically for like destroying enemies. Or Which if is that very pointed. somehow like heightened that characteristic and quality. Because it, it makes some yes. sense in intelligent people are intelligent right um mm-hmm. I, I will say most me, of them i have <laughs> i have one dog who's extremely intelligent and one dog who's just dumb i love beowulf he's the <laughs> sweetest dog in the world but he's just dumb okay he does there's dumb just not stuff. much going on back there <laughs> there's not okay he does dumb stuff and he doesn't learn from it he shoved his nose in an anthill a fire anthill and Nobody. then Literally, like, two seconds later, after he shook all the ants off and stopped crying, put his nose back in the hill. <laughs> Why? Like, oh, that How was a weird feeling. You can do it again. And he runs Bloody. in with stuff. He'll be, he'll be, like, chasing a frisbee or a squirrel or something, and he'll go face first into a fence. Oh. Like, he just... He's the sweetest dog in the world. He will literally, like, give you a hug. Like, he'll put a paw on each shoulder and squeeze. Like, he lo- You know, he's just the sweetest dog. But he is dumb. Scamp, however... Just no ex- thoughts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Scamp, however, is extremely intelligent and actually capable of using that intelligence. I have a video of him when he was six months old where he does not move for three and a half minutes. Because... Oh he is hunting a squirrel. Ooh. 
Ooh. I'm serious. What kind of he dog like is he? Barely, he is a blue healer staffy. Oh, okay. So very smart breed, very bossy breed. Um, <laughs> but he's just, he's extremely intelligent. So I could see him like having human intelligence plus his natural hunting instincts, which are very Make big. it a little spooky. He would, right. I would definitely want him in my corner during an apocalypse when I need food. <laughs> you know, Beowulf, he, He's though, the Beowulf, dog to bring. <laughs> He's the dog to bring. Beowulf would be an actually a good hunting dog. Like, Scamp can hunt for himself, but he has no desire to follow orders. And he's very, he's distracted uh, very easily. But Beowulf's favorite thing in the universe is to retrieve his frisbee. So, <laughs> so if I you just kind of uh, <laughs> develop some kind of way to use his frisbee in a hunting kind of way, you're golden. I mean, that's, and a zombie that's, apocalypse, that's, you're, you're the queen. That's what dogs are used for in hunting. They retrieve the pheasants and the quail that you shoot from the air. They go get them and bring them back to you. I think Beowulf would be great at that. Now, I don't hunt, nor do I plan on starting, nor does anyone in my family. No. But I think Beowulf would have been great at that. He missed his calling. <laughs> Truly. He really did. But it, it goes to, it makes you wonder what instincts they are taking from these wolves that help the intelligence and don't hinder the intelligence because dogs, wolves, animals of any kind, they're going to be distracted by certain things. The smell of food, the smell of pheromones, the smell of blood, possibly. Um, loud noises might freak them out. You know how dogs, like some dogs can't handle fireworks, sirens, alarms, yeah. things like that. Uh, yeah. is and, and I guess it's... And if, uh, if the, like, uh, tornado alarm goes off, he'll sing with the tornado alarm. Oh. You know, Scamp doesn't notice. I, I appreciate the, uh... <laughs> I, I wonder if, um, they, they really edited these, like, genes then for these wolf soldiers. Just because, like, like you said, if these dogs were to get, like, so distracted that they would be under the control of, of a lunar anyway. So they can like kind of like suppress those kind of more um, more distracting urges. And you know what's interesting is these wolves aren't shells. You know, shells don't have the power, but they also can't be manipulated by the power. These soldiers can be controlled, but they don't have their own gift to use. Because we saw with Thaumaturges, with uh, Sybil, with Cinder, that these soldiers can be controlled but they don't have the ability to use their gift in any capacity. So yeah, it's yeah. no wonder this took generations of scientific research. I'm not even sure how they did it. Yeah. Honestly, genetics and science, it's, whew, it's a little out of my wheelhouse. I'll say. Yeah, it's definitely out of my wheelhouse. It's, it's the same with like trying to understand the physics of how the lunar gift works. I'm like, mm, I don't have that. But it's like somewhere in my mind, I'm like, you know what? That I'm sure that could make sense. Except it doesn't. <laughs> Physically, I guess maybe. <laughs> and it makes me wonder, like, how much research Marissa did for all of this because I could see her being the research type, right? So I, yeah, I would definitely. Think she put a lot of thought and effort into trying to figure all this out. So I think there's definitely <laughs> going to be some basis of truth there. But I think there is. I mean, it is sci-fi. It is fantasy. There's a suspension of disbelief. There has to be. Exactly. And and I feel like uh, moving to the moon and 
uh, developing some kind of gift like that is definitely within my suspension of disbelief. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. (laughs) So although Levana is fond of the concept of these lunar wolf soldiers, they give her the chills. They do make her uncomfortable um, because the temptation to control that kind of soldier makes her mouth water. You are getting sleepy. Your CPAP mask is clamped tightly to your face. You will not toss and turn through the whooshing. You will not throw the mask. It's not working, Harold. People who struggle with CPAP have partners who struggle too. Luckily, now there's Inspire. No mask, no hose, just sleep. When I snap my fingers, you will remember to visit InspireSleep.com. Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you and review important safety information at InspireSleep.com. I, which I, I guess it like she, she's basically just an adrenaline junkie at this point. Right? <laughs> she's like, oh, like, I wonder what that would feel like. I'm like, buddy, ride a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> she well, she she has like a a, a power. Hung. She, she yes, she's very power hungry. Yeah. I actually wrote that because in my notes. <laughs> she says that the reason that she's so tempted is because with that kind of power, she could quiet the mockers and rumors of the ugly princess. So, Ooh, which is some insecurity if I've ever read hey, some. You know what? I'm an insecure person, but I don't take it this far. I just I'm not I'm entirely <laughs> sure I would sometimes <laughs> when an outfit doesn't fit right. Um Exactly. And then, you know, you get a Starbucks and you and you take a deep breath and it'll be okay. Um, Exactly. So, uh, Levana is also um, interested in what's going on in the outer sectors. Channery doesn't care about any of this, but Levana is curious about what's going on in the outer sector. She even has ideas for improvement and what they could do. But... Channery's like done for the day. Lavana wants to kind of take over and say her piece and stuff, but she's worried that everyone would just laugh at her because of who she is. So as much as she wants Channery to like go take a nap and let her take over, it's just not going to happen. Right. Having to deal with the court is a whole other, whole other section of this royalty it's stuff. That power <laughs> that she's not going to be able to have. Yeah, yeah, she'll never get that. Thama dude comes up and he says, <laughs> I love this. As I'm sure you are aware, my queen, our previous rulers, may they rest ever in divine luxury. <laughs> nice addition. Nice addition, Joshua. This is the curious <laughs> brown nosing right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. So... He starts talking, he mentions the biological warfare uh, that it's soon to become Letamosis, and Channery is like, oh, stars above! Is all this jargon next- necessary? Out with it, Joshua, what is your point? Well, the point is, the disease is almost ready, but they need an, an antidote if they want to ensure an alliance. And Levaner, uh, Channery says, that's so stupid. And Levana says... No, it's genius. Yes, and she goes on to explain it to Channery in such a way that, like, oof. I'm sure that Channery felt a little a little, a little sting. slap in the face with the... Oh, yeah, definitely. This is what Lavana says. They wouldn't need to know that the disease had come from us. It would be the best type of warfare. 
the type that no one thinks is warfare at all. We could weaken Earth without risking any retaliation. And then, once they are so downtrodden as to pose no threat to us in the event of full-on war, we open peaceful negotiations. We make our demands. We offer the one thing that they want more than anything else, an antidote to the disease that has crippled them. It would seem... The ultimate show of goodwill, not only that we have been using our own resources to develop the antidote, but that we would offer to manufacture and distribute it to them, our previous enemies. How would they say no? How could they say no to any of our requests? And as we learn, dear children, that is exactly what Lavana does. And she's pretty damn proud of it when she does it, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she really had that plan from when she was like 14. I mean, and then she finally... Yeah. So almost 20 years <laughs> later, not almost, wait, 16, yeah, 1633, that's like 17 years later. I yeah. now, and she's like, I've been holding this in <laughs> since I was 14 here, pal. I, I'm a little <laughs> bit, not in a good way, before everybody starts to type up their emails to Bethany, but I'm actually a little bit on her side when she's really smug and telling Kai, like, oh, I did it all with my own resources, I mean, like, to be honest, it is a good plan. (laughs) Strategy-wise, this is brilliant. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, a Channery has has no imagination. She can't see that this matters at all. She's like, who cares? Exactly. And then I'm sure that, uh, because later on, like, right after that paragraph, um, it says, uh, that is precisely the strategy we suggest. Uh, The young princess stated it very clearly. Thank you. Oh, I can picture Channery seething yeah. in her throne. But she had seen the potential where Channery had not. Exactly. And I think that that would very much mark her as like, she would be not a good, hang on, I wrote it down, like a good ruler, bad practice. Yes. Which I think you can do. I, yes. I in no way acknowledge that Lavana isn't a tyrant. But, but oh, yeah, she's no, not she, an absolute She totally leader. is. <laughs> Channery is a very absolute exactly. leader. She couldn't care less. The very idea of having to spend her time in these meetings is tedious and exhausting, let alone participating them and actually providing an opinion other than, fine, do whatever you want, I don't care. Levada is like, yes, it's, actively it's, engaged. She's thinking about the, the future, the consequences, the benefits of all these decisions and how they're being made, what they could lead to, what they could provide her and her country and her people. I don't think that she's necessarily a good queen, but she's right now in this moment, she's better than Channery. Exactly. She's a terrible person, as we know from Cinder Scarlet and Chris. But... She has some decent ideas as a queen. She has some really great strategy ideas. I would not want to play her in chess. Exactly. I mean, I'm not, it's actually funny that... <laughs> I'm not good at chess. It's actually funny you say that because I, I have a reference to that nice. later. <laughs> so they needed shell blood to create the antidote. And this is where we get introduced to Sybil Mirror, right? Yes. This is kind of cute. Our little first mention of Sybil. So they could enact a new law, right? Channery says that, um, I skipped ahead, I'm sorry. Okay, so it's really timely and costly to obtain all of the shell blood, especially because they're so spread out through the population. 
and artificial shell blood it just doesn't work and chanary is like just lock them cage them up like animals then retribution and she will call it retribution (laughs) for her parents murder and this kind of reminds me of the hunger games where they're like you know what uh sector district 13 screwed us over so now from now on all of you are going to send us two of your children once a year to be murdered i'm sorry not murdered to fight each other to the death I mean, it's okay. You could say murdered. I feel like well, that's a pretty that. accurate description. <laughs> because then it's an entertainment, right? Um, but it very yes. much reminds me of that concept of, like, retribution for someone else's actions. Um, yeah, like, uh, one person messed up, so now the entirety of, like, that one group needs to be punished. Yeah, they pay the cost. But exactly. is it their burden to pay for? No, of course not. Absolutely not. So... She says, the crown's just not going to tolerate them anymore. I'll even enact a new law if I need to. And this is where we get our first mention of Sybil. She will be court ambassador with the research. And she can draw up procedures for the best way to obtain all the blood samples. And um, I was going to read a bunch of stuff. And I forget why I was going to read it sometimes. Oh, yeah. Young Sybil. Okay. I want to read this because I think even in this moment, Lavana is attracted to Sybil. I don't. I don't mean in like a physical way. I think she sees Sybil's potential as a thaumaturge, like uh, her yes, worth. Yes. A young woman stepped out of the line of thaumaturges, dressed in a maroon red coat, with glossy raven's wing hair falling down her back. She was beautiful in the way that all members of the queen's entourage were beautiful. But there was also something admirable in the way she held herself, a confidence that glimmered. Though her station was beneath the head thaumaturge, her posture and faint smile seemed to indicate that she didn't much believe herself to be beneath anyone at all. Which is an excellent description. Like, that her posture, uh, like, alone was enough to make Lavana think that this woman was so confident that she didn't act like she was like like second or third tier beneath the thaumaturge. Absolutely, hundred percent. That's excellent. And again, this is why I think Lavana would be attracted to that. Lavana would already see her potential, whereas other thaumaturges might not see too much of her potential because they don't want her to overthrow them. And then Channery just doesn't care enough to absorb anything that's going on around her. Exactly. So Channery says, fine, Mira is the official representative of ungifted affairs. Which I I read that line, and I guess that just because Cress is my favorite, I read that line, I was like, whoa. Not cool. Ouch. Come on, man. Not sure there's a nice way to say it, but I feel like this isn't better. Yeah. Oof. Which is quite a title that Mira has has gotten for herself. She's basically given permission to do what needs to be done. And Channery invites Lavana to come with her to a fitting. They have to get gowns that are not so sad. And she's done with this meeting. Um, I also think it's kind of funny that um, this thaumaturge, Joshua Haddon, that he was like giving his daily report and that he brought up the most important thing 
last. <laughs> He's like, so the wolf lunar hybrids are going smooth sailing. There's tactile improvement. And um, also we have a disease that we need an antidote for. Well, and you know, <laughs> Oh, and one more thing. There's two <laughs> concepts to that strategy. One, she's so toasted by the end of the meeting that she just doesn't care anymore. So he's banking on getting permission because she's just going to be ready to get out of the meeting. And she's going to be like, oh, fine, whatever. Go do what you want, which is what she does. But she could have just mm-hmm. as easily been like, are you serious? You made sit yeah. through 20 minutes of bullcrap about <laughs> improvements and productivity increases and Oh, look at that. We're still working on these soldiers that we don't actually have any updates on. And you were sitting on this kind of information. Like, so there, it's like, a risky decision to me to do that. Yeah. So, so this thaumaturge hadn't really took his life yeah. in his hands. And huh? everybody else's for that matter. <laughs> exactly. So Lavana had lost interest in being noticed. She wants to earn the respect by her intelligence her resourcefulness by meeting the needs of her country. See, this is what I'm talking about. She already has a better concept of what it means to be a queen than Channery does. Yes. And that brings up, up again, the whole, while she is very power hungry, she would like in practice is a better ruler. Yeah. I guess a, a good ruler, bad practice is what I mean. I think that that's a good way of saying it because obviously there is not a utopia on the moon. There is a lot of distress in the outer sectors. Wolf and the people in Farafra and Jacin have all been witness to the atrocities that go on up there. But if we're going to compare Channery, who, like I said, is a very absent and neglectful ruler, to Lavana, who is actually interested in current affairs and in the future and well-being of her, quote, planet, then Lavana is the better ruler. Now, does that mean that she takes into account the happiness and safety and well-being of every citizen that is beneath her? No, I don't think she does. No. But... She thinks about what's better for the overall. Yes. Because yes, exactly. In theory, all of these things are harming someone. Is it great that they can produce this plague that will help them weaken their enemies? Sure, if you're thinking about it from a strategic point, but if you're a human, it's going to cause a lot of debt. Is it great that they're capable of finding an antidote to it? Sure. But they're the ones responsible for it in the first place. And in order to create that antidote, they have to sacrifice and harm yet another group of people. Sure, it's fantastic that they can create these amazing soldiers. But in order to do it, they have to mutilate and, and manipulate and change all of the inner workings of these potentially innocent lunar boys and force them into becoming this creature leaving behind their leaving behind a very large amount of their humanity. We can see through Wolf that they still have parts of it, but they are drastically changing their inner working. So, yes, a lot of yeah. what she's doing strategically speaking, if you can take out all emotion and only think about the fact that this is going to help her win a war, yeah, she's doing great. <laughs> In that case, 
No notes, Alana. Right. <laughs> You're doing right. great. But but maybe think about other there people. There are consequences. The yes. Sacri- she, she's very much... This is why I think Lavana is a Slytherin, but slash Ravenclaw. She is extremely intelligent. I will not take that away from her. But she's hyper-focused on her concept of for the greater good. Yeah, she yeah, exactly. That she's only doing what's best for herself mm-hmm. rather than, you know, like helping any kind of other sectors or like literally anything like that. And it makes me wonder. Channery wanted to be known as the queen who never stopped laughing. Do we think that if Lavana that that Lavana as a queen, do we think that she wants to be known as like the queen who did everything, the queen who tried her best, the queen who like actually was a good ruler? I mean, good ruler, I feel like, is maybe a little subjective. I'm sure that Lavana thinks that she's a good ruler, but, like, she's, like, the only one. And I'm also 100% sure that if Lavana could live forever, she would. Oh, yeah. Like, she would be the only queen. Do we know the average lifespan of a lunar human? Um, I would assume it was probably pretty similar to Earthen's. Like, somewhere in, like, the 80s plus... Hi, I'm Michael. I'm Barbara. And I'm Lauren. We are the hosts of Badass Literature Society, a book review podcast where we take book recommendations from listeners like you, read them, and then discuss them on our show. Join us once a month as we dive into the books you picked and talk about them. And don't miss our bonus episodes covering all sorts of random bookish topics that come out in between reviews. Don't worry, if you want to read one of the books, the first part of each episode is designated spoiler-free, so you can listen and see if you'd like to read it, and then come back and listen to the rest later. You can find Badass Literature Society on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, and anywhere else you like to listen. Now, back to the show. Lavana says she doesn't need another dress, and she doesn't feel like going. She follows her sister through the palace, and then she sees Everett coming towards her. Ooh, Everett. See, I... This is where I do feel bad for Lavana because I had crushes in high school. I remember what it was like. And like every time you walked past them, yeah. you'd be like, this is it. This is when they stop me in the hallway and they say, I love you. I've loved you for, for months now. This is it. On my way to math class on this day. <laughs> their schedule. You're like, okay, I know right after lunch, I'm going to pass him before I go to science or something like Exactly. Try to like <laughs> look nonchalant, but maybe you'll make eye contact. Like I totally remember those types of butterflies, you know. And like all oh, the the blush that must be on her cheeks yeah. right now. <laughs> and this is this is happening post him finding out that she is in love with him and pretending to be his wife when no one's looking. Um, but it's still a little awkward. So. He completely yeah. ignores Lavana. They're changing guards very fast, very smooth. And she wants to thank him for her pendant. She's wearing it under her dress even now. And it's very clear that Lavana is just besotted with Everett. Um, but it's like a genuine obsession at this point, I think. Yeah, and I think that the word obsession is a very good word to use in this circumstance. Because there is a difference between love and obsession. But the person who is obsessed usually can't see it. They think that what they're doing is love. Exactly. They're like, no, we're just, we're meant to be like, "Mm mm-mm, no. Here's another thing. 
Not like that. <laughs> Here's another thing I wanted to talk about. So Channery doesn't like elevators. She feels very queenly getting to lift her skirts and use the stairs, which me too, Channery. I would totally do that. I'm not going to lie. I would feel like freaking Cinderella, okay? If I had the opportunity to right. wear a big poofy dress and hold my skirts and run down a castle hallway, I would absolutely oh, take it every chance I got. But it makes me think about in Crest, Lovato was infuriated that the elevators weren't working and she had to go down the stairs like some commoner. And I wonder if part you know? of her doesn't like stairs because of Channery. I... I didn't even connect that in my head. <laughs> this is why I have a podcast. I can talk about every tiny little detail. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, it, it all it fits. All it fits. connects. I've crunched the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> if there was a formula, I would try to figure it out. But I do think that there's something to be said for that opposition. Um, I, I don't disagree that Lavana would think it was beneath her to have to Go, take the stairs because it is a laborious thing uh, but I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if part of the reason she doesn't like stairs is because Channery did you know and like just to separate herself from Channery mm-hmm. yeah I, I yeah she would think it was <laughs> yes her to have to take so many stairs yeah and just be like I'm sorry you expect me to walk right? this with my feet yeah. never I'm the opposite Couldn't I be will me. take as many stairs as necessary I cannot stand elevators I'll go downstairs, not up there. Um, when I worked with Becca in Nebraska, we were on the 13th floor. I never Oof. took the elevators. I worked there for two years. Oh, my and God. You are stronger I than me. I go to the basement on my lunch break because there was a gym down there. So I would go up and down the stairs at least two or three times a day. Oh, my God. I work on the fourth floor. And like, sometimes I'll like have to like go down to the lower level and then I'm like, oh, maybe I'll, I'll come up the stairs. I'm feeling pretty good today. I hit level two and I'm heaving (laughs) and I I come back to my (laughs) desk like, I'm fine. There's some mail. (laughs) Um, Pre-COVID, my husband took me to this very nice restaurant in uh, Mobile and it was on the 32nd floor. Oh, no. And I turned to go to the staircase without even thinking, and he was like... You did not. Like, no, come on. It's 32 stairs. I was like, I didn't say you had to take the stairs. You got a phone. Like, just play games until I get up there. <laughs> Stay up there, loser, and then you just run up the stairs. No, if you're taking that many stairs, you do not run, okay? There is a... You take a nice, slow pace. <laughs> I just... I literally... I, I have a fear of being trapped in an elevator. Like... That makes sense but my fear of being a- trapped in an elevator is far less than like hating feeling winded going up the That's stairs fair. i was like mm, i'd rather go up the stairs because there's an exit strategy if i need one i, I gotcha exi- i'm not work. necessarily afraid of small places i need to have an exit strategy Yes. Like you, you need to know how you'll leave. Exactly. Like you can fold me in half and put me in a tiny little cupboard and play hide and seek for six hours and I won't move and I'll be perfectly fine. Now, if you put a bar over that cupboard and I can't get out, I'm going to have a panic attack. Yeah. You need to know how to leave. Yes. This is why I hate flying. There's no exit strategy. Yeah. What happens if like you just, you got to walk. I just have to wait until it lands. But if I drive my car... I can get out of my car whenever I need to. Exactly. So. 
Yeah. That is an excellent link about uh, separating herself from Channery, and I love that. <laughs> Maybe that'll be on the trivia, like, what what is Bethany Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Take notes, okay. people. <laughs> right? Take notes. Okay, so... Here we have a pretty big shift in tone here, right? So the nurse yes. approaches a lady that's just a little bit older than Lalana, and uh, Channery says she should flog her just for approaching the queen. And she can't listen to every little person that comes to her. There are procedures for this. And Lavana is like, oh my God, just what? What? What is the big deal? And I, I love the way that Lavana. Yes, I. I- I think it very much highlights that Channery is more of a queen just for being a queen, yeah. like like socially sake. But Lavana is actually like, what is it? What do you want? No, this is beautiful. She says, I mean, no disrespect, my queen, only that you seem to have a lot on your schedule today. So please allow me to assist you with your royal duties. And she nods at the girl and she says, what is your message? Uh, her message is for Everett Hale. His wife is in labor and... The doctor is nervous, basically. Which is never a good sign. And his shift just started. So unless he has permission to leave, he'll be a traitor and he'll die. Which, this is absolutely wild to me. <laughs> like, um, because, like, like, I feel like, if anything, your wife being in labor and it's getting a little sticky is a pretty good reason to maybe leave your shift a little early. I also, okay, I work in, I used to work in fast food. Anyone who's ever worked in fast food will know exactly what I'm about to say is 1000% true. They don't care if you're missing Mm -hmm. a leg. If you're supposed to be at work, you're going to be at work. They will straight up tell you like, oh, that sucks. Take Take a Tylenol, we'll see you in 20 minutes. They could care less about your existence at all as a human. 90% of the time. There are some places and some bosses that are great, but 90% of the time, if you work at McDonald's or Hardee's or whatever, and you call and say you're not feeling well, they're going to be like, that sucks. Me too. Get in here like you're supposed to, like the rest of the world. Aw, boo. Anyway, see you at three. (laughs) Uh, But some places are just like that, and I don't even think this would go that far. Yeah, like, and then, um, sorry to, to skip ahead a little bit, but I think that Channery um, would basically say if, if he leaves, he's a traitor. Um, and like, she's the queen. How hard is it to be like, yeah, go ahead. You're free to go leave. Like it, it really just kind of highlights like for me that Channery is really just a queen just for the sake of being a queen. Yeah. Just, just now we were talking about Lavana being power hungry. This is a different type of power hungry. This is more like authority hungry. Yeah, like more social. Yes, she wants that social that social power over people. But Lavana sort of steps in. Yes, and uh, <laughs> I, I wrote this in my notes like as a joke, um, but you had mentioned it before, um, where she says that. Um, so Chanry is saying that if he leaves, he's a traitor. Tough, he can't leave. Um, Lavana says, um, oh, like, this is ridiculous. You know what? I'm going into town and I need an escort. I'm going to take Everett. And if we happen to end up at the hospital, boy, that's a funny coincidence, yep, isn't pretty it? pretty much. Um, 
So I I said, honestly, that's a move in 4D chess. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> she, she's on a different level that here. It's 100% correct. And, and, you know, Channery is like, who cares? What does she say? Doesn't she say to bring her back a, tr- uh, a sour apple petite? Yes, and I, I read that. I'm like, oh. Because later, <laughs> the winter gives sour apple petites with uh, pain medicine to Scarlet and says they're her favorite. Yeah, they sound very good. You know, it reminds me. I'd very of, much like to try uh, one. I'm not sure they make them anymore. Can I ask how old you are? Are you the same age as me? I'm 27. You're close to my age. Um, I don't know if they make them anymore, but they used to make these like caramel apple suckers that they would give out around halloween time and it was literally like a glob of caramel dipped in like a green apple sucker flavor hard candy and 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 that's what you you picture that's what I picture. whenever no, sour I, apple petites. I don't like caramel so i've never tasted those suckers but that's what i think of when they mention these i picture like a much fancier version of that like caramel dipped in uh, sour apple hard candy stuff whatever suckers are made of. <laughs> i <laughs> i picture um like a jolly rancher i guess um but like more round and smooth kind of like the texture of, of like a chitsy okay pop. okay yeah and then kind of like hollow on the inside i feel like there's something on the inside something something like more of like a like a liquidy like kind a of gooey. texture i guess yes yeah I'm just getting hungry now. <laughs> Uh-oh, take a I'm shot. Not, I'm not hungry because I just had, like, a huge bowl of gnocchi, but... Oof, jealous. I, I love gnocchi so much, um, and my my birth mom is coming to visit, and that was one of the things she requested was that I make gnocchi and cookies, and I was like, duh. Um, and you're like, oh, no. Well, it was my first time meeting her new husband, so she wants him to have cookies. Yes, and obviously a very good gnocchi. Very yummy. <laughs> um, so, Lavana kind of tricks uh, Channery into, like, getting away with it. Um, and she says that complications from birth are very rare. Solstice was weak. Everett treated her very delicately. So, I'm wondering what it is that Solstice um, is having issues with pregnancy-wise. Because she bleeds out... I'm going to say it's hyperclampsia. Yes, the maybe uh, blood thinners were yeah. not used. I say it like I know. Um, <laughs> like, oh, it must be this. My birth mom, or not hyperclampsia, preeclampsia. Um, my birth mom, and I don't think she'll mind if I share this information because she tells people. Um, my birth mom has four daughters, but she's actually been pregnant seven times. Um, mm-hmm. And she had three very severe miscarriages. Um, and by the time my my sister Samantha was born, they were like, you know, this is taking too much of a toll on your body. You really should consider having your tubes tied. Um, you know, there are other ways if you guys want more kids. And my mom was like, I have four of them. I think I'm done now. Like, uh, which is fair. Yeah. That is a lot of kids. Uh, that's four more than I plan yeah. on having for starters. <laughs> Um, but preeclampsia is um very high blood pressure and uh in in pregnancy and um it it can be very dangerous for pregnancy because you need blood to make a baby yeah i feel like it might be one of the 
contributing factors, I'd say. First thing on the shopping list, really. And it's, it puts the woman at um, high risk to have uh, organ failure, kidney issues, liver. Um, I'm reading all of this off of IMDb, just so, or IMDb, of uh, WebMD, just so I can give proper information. But you guys can look it up for yourselves. I just watch too much Grey's Anatomy. Um, <laughs> but it, it isn't common practice anymore. But it's interesting that... The curiosity on the like that Luna doesn't have a lot of complications from birth. Now, to give you guys some context, most highly developed countries no longer have a high birth risk. I will say most because America has the highest mother mortality rate in any developed country. And that is not oh my God, really? and that is not to include women who um you know, might have drug or alcohol issues during their pregnancy. We very often in this country have issues with high um, mother mortality rate. Blood pressure. Just mortality rate. (laughs) Women losing their lives due to pregnancy repeatedly. And one of the main um, theories, and you guys can Google this, or if you really want, I am a librarian. I will be happy to share valid resources for you um, from accredited sources. But one of the theories for this, and do not turn this into a political email because you guys know I hate politics, but one of the theories as to why we have such a high mother mortality rate is because we have such low access to safe, reliable, and affordable health care. So women... I was going to say that. The women who can't afford prenatal vitamins, prenatal appointments to make sure that everything's going well. You know, an ultrasound does more than just tell you if you're going to have a boy or girl. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of scientists and doctors have theorized that one of the reasons we have such a high mortality rate is because the first time that some women ever see a doctor during their pregnancy is when they're giving birth. Is way too too late late for the doctors to be like, you know what? You have high blood pressure. I'm going to put you on this medication during your pregnancy, throughout your pregnancy, to ensure that you're safe and that you have a a healthy baby. Mm -hmm. And and that's not just for high blood pressure. You could have issues with joints, kidneys, liver, stomach. Um, Maybe you need to be put on bed rest, but you don't know it. So you're just working through it. Like there's all kinds of issues. You're, you're growing a human being with your, with your own human being body. There's going to be stuff going on. There's going to be complications. Yeah. Things are going to be moving around. But we have access to medical care that could ease those burdens and prevent future um, loss and future medical complications but we don't necessarily have easy access to it if it's not affordable. Yes. I also think that, um, and not to keep haranguing the, the medical tangent, but um, that like, I also think that a lot of specific kind of like pregnancies or, or menstruation or anything like that is often written off yeah. as just kind of like, Oh, work out more. Or like, um, you're not eating right. Oh, yeah. Like, like, you'll be fine. Like, no, I have a genuine problem with one of my organs. I, I need help. And it's not fair that 
that it's often written off. I used to have really bad, most people listening are girls, but if you're a boy, I guess you could skip ahead 30 seconds. I think you should listen because <laughs> people like my husband don't care, but some boys are really grossed out by periods. Um, imagine if you had to live through them once a month. I had really bad <laughs> when I was in high school, which means I had um, excessive flow and very severe cramps. And I remember one day I went to gym and I'd already called my mom and my mom had called the school and said I didn't have to do gym that day because my cramps were just horrible. And I remember I went to gym and my teacher was like, why don't you go get dressed? And I explained the whole situation and she was like, I don't care, go get dressed or I'm going to have you suspended. And it was because she didn't take me seriously. She was like, whatever, all women have cramps, who cares? I had a seizure in the gym. They had to have me wheeled out on a stretcher that day, right in the middle of gym class. And they had to wheel me out on a stretcher. I had to spend the next like three days in the hospital. Oh my God. All because you're stinking gym teacher. The pain was very intolerable and I have a very low pressure for pain. Yeah. Well, um, actually same is that, um, when I was in high school, I had terrible dysmenorrhea. Um, I had such intense cramps. Um, I would sleep all day. I would throw up often too, um, that I would have to miss school. Mm -hmm. And like, it happened like, like the third month in a row. And my mom was like, that's not normal. Like we need to get you to, to a doctor. And I went to this very nice lady and uh, I was telling her that, like, like, listen, I'm losing, like, I'm, I'm not going to school because it hurts so bad. I'm, I'm throwing up. This isn't normal. Um, and she goes, okay. And she left the room and she brought my mom back in. My mom said, is everything okay? And the doctor said, I'm wondering why she's here. Yeah. And she, uh, yeah. See, and I had and a, now because of that, I'm like a little afraid. I had a doctor that was like, oh, you're not supposed to do that. We should put you on birth control. And my mom and I were like, well, no, she's not sexually active. She doesn't need birth control. And he explained to us that birth control just helps regulate. And it yes. did. I, I, and, uh, I had a much better um, menstrual cycles after that. And I, t- I still get cramps. They don't, you know, it doesn't magically make it go away, uh, but I haven't had a seizure yeah. from them in a long time. Which is excellent, is excellent. <laughs> because a, a doctor listened to you. That's great. But it, it is something to take into consideration. And it makes me wonder what kind of medical care they have on the moon um, and what it is that is happening with solstice that would make her more um, vulnerable to a typical birth i wonder if they have had such smooth sailing medical like issues like as far as like what um in the book it says broken bones elderly care and childbirth that like it's been pretty smooth since then that like they're, maybe they're not as prepared as they should be because like they don't have this problem very they're often. They're not like equipped so, like, ma- to properly handle Exactly. Like- so that like solstice probably could have been okay, yeah. but because like this never happens, like they didn't really have the proper tools to help her. I I think that's probably a valid point. And I would be very interested. I'm not a mother. I've never had children. I've never been pregnant. I, I have a birth mother who struggled a lot with um, pregnancy and menstrual cycles and things like that. Um, when I was, 
think 19 they found cystical ovaries um cystical ovaries they found cystical tumors on my ovaries that had to be removed that was a very grueling um treatment process i lost a lot of weight at one point i think i was like 84 pounds or something like it's very exhausting i totally get it but as far as pregnancy goes I don't have any experience. Never been pregnant, never tried to be pregnant. Don't plan on getting pregnant. But plenty of you have. So mothers out there, please uh, feel free to email me, princekaifanpod at gmail.com and share your story and tell me, um, you know, if you if you have something to share on this topic. And if you want to remain anonymous, that's totally fine. You can email me and say, you know, I want this to remain anonymous, but I want to share this information with listeners because some of our listeners are like 13 to 20 years old. So they're not thinking about that kind of stuff yet, but that doesn't mean that someday they won't. Yes, exactly. So back to the topic at hand, Lavana takes him, Lavana waits in the waiting room, but she feels like she should comfort Everett. She wishes she could comfort Everett. There's a shill scream while his wife is dying and it was clear that this was why he needed to come in there because he needed to be able to say goodbye to his wife which is a very sad like that's oof i i can't imagine that that a nurse needs to find you at your job to say you need to come and say goodbye yeah that's have you ever been told you need to come and say goodbye no i have my uh yeah my pop pop my dad's fiance's mom's husband (laughs) uh so not related to me at all but my grandpa for all intents and purposes my pop pop um he had very bad um uh, patriotic patriotic i cannot talk today um, <laughs> cancer, and he died within like three months of being diagnosed. And um, it was right oh after Quentin and I got engaged. And I was at his house having dinner with his family. And my um, bonus mom, my dad's fiance, she they've been engaged for fourteen years. Shannon, they're married, right? Oh no! Like, yeah, they're basically okay. married. Uh, this woman has known me half my life at this point. Half the time I've been on this planet, she's been with my dad, okay? Um, So Mm -hmm. my bonus mom calls and she says, okay, Grandma Barb and Pop Pop are here at the hospital and he's not doing well. And I I don't think he's going to make it through the night. And Quentin took me to the hospital and I was so distraught, I couldn't even remember last names. Like I walked into the hospital and they were like, where do you need to go? And I was like, I need to see my grandpa, Ron. And they were like, Ron what? And I just stared at her with my mouth hanging open. And you're like, you know, Ron? (laughs) And Quentin was like, gum, Ron gum. We need to see Ron gum. They made all this stuff. And finally, Quentin calls Renee and he's like, we're downstairs. I can't get her to stop crying. And they won't let us go anywhere. Because it's like 945 at night at this point. Um, Mm -hmm. And so Renee came downstairs. She got us. We went upstairs. He didn't even recognize me at that point. So, but I got to say goodbye. I got to give him a hug. I got to kiss his cheek. He gave my hand a little squeeze. I'm not sure he recognized me, but he said goodbye anyways. And that was also the night that my grandma Barb fell in love with my husband. She thought that that was the most chivalrous thing a man could possibly do was him leaving in the middle of dinner with his family to bring me to the hospital to say goodbye to my grandfather. And it's a very emotional and exhausting time 
from the moment you hear that you need to go say goodbye to the part where you actually say goodbye. It's a very difficult type of adrenaline to, to be having coursing through your veins. And I can't imagine what it would be like with your pregnant wife or your partner in general. Yeah. And life the, partner in general, that would be difficult. Yeah. And that this random 14 year old kid. Absolutely. Just, I guess is chaperoning you and you know has a crush on you this is just a lot of weird emotions here i'm very uncomfortable with the situation that we've created in the studio today discomfort so basically lavana just chills she waits she waits in the waiting room and she just like watches a silent drama on the holograph which is like kind of a funny image to me, like because I'm picturing exactly because like I'm picturing like a tall like I'm picturing like the the thirty year old Lavana from like the the main I guess series of books. Yes, but like I'm still picturing like I'm still picturing her like real with her veil and her crown and everything in like the like terribly lit hospital waiting room with like a years old television playing reruns of like so she's brave and the bold or whatever supposed to be very pale with pale blonde hair and uh small and skinny so i kind of picture like a luna lovegood obviously not personality wise but like a luna lovegood futuristic like physical characteristic yes um, yeah and like she's supposed to be wearing very plain clothing so that she blends in but obviously she's still a princess but it says yes. that no one recognizes her. So she's not wearing a crown or a sash or anything like that. And I picture sort of, I picture the hospital. So like my dad and my my uh, bonus mom are both nurses. And then my uh, birth mom is a, a medical physician. So I picture um, a lot of bustle. Hospitals are. Oh, you mean like like around yeah. the the waiting Hospitals room? Hospitals are loud and busy. Yes, and there's people running around. There's machines going off. There's phones going off. There's clickety clackety things being rolled up and down the hallway. There's people running back and there's forth. There's the buzz of the fluorescent lights. There's people waiting. There's and then there's yeah. also this like hologram, which is basically like an old. Like you said, there it's basically like playing old reruns of Brady Bunch or something. Like. Yeah. So I picture Lavana just kind of waiting around, not really sure what to do with herself, and she's there for a Which while. Is, yeah, like a couple of hours at least. It's right? so weird that so. she—I don't know. Part of me is like, why would you wait? But then also, like, why wouldn't she? I would wait. Yeah, because I mean, like, put, yeah, back to the castle, have it get a dress. I don't know how you can switch from saying goodbye to your friend's pregnant wife to new dress pretty easily within the hour. That no. But instead, you know what she thinks about? Faith yeah. taking away his wife. That was that. It was as if the stars themselves were blessing their union. No, no. no. come on, no. no. No, it's like they're like past exchanges, and she only sees every interaction as a sign of love. Mm 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 mm. Lavana, come on. And she Mm -mm. thinks back to your friend and most loyal servant. I want to read this part. 
Like, is... Sure. Was there a meaning behind the words? Something he couldn't say before now? Could he possibly want her as much as she wanted him? Everett seemed like the type that would never disregard his vows of matrimony no matter how much he yearned for another. And now he wouldn't have to. He could be hers. How long would he wait to make his intentions mm. known? Girl, his, wa- his wife is dying and he is not interested in you, okay? And Lavana really has the, the guts to be like, all right, wow, super sad. You want to go he out? Lavana is basically <laughs> like, like, immediately. oh, this works out perfectly. Now he doesn't have to get divorced. Finally. His wife, so she'll just be out of the picture altogether. Oof. Lavana, oh. that's not the way we do things. No. So the doors open up and Lavano gets a peek inside and she sees that Everett is still in his guard uniform, hunched over his wife with a white blanket covering her face and blood on the sheets. And the chapter, our section that we're going to cover ends with the sound of Everett sobbed continued on in Lavana's ears, bouncing around inside her skull again and again and again. Um, which is just heartbreaking. But it's it's insane to me that in this moment, Lavana is only thinking about the fact that now he is available again. Yeah, and that is super very much why she's the bad guy in the main series. And that's why, she, why I say it's obsession, not love. You don't think that way yeah. about someone you love. Exactly. That's, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Please remember that Prince Kai Fan Pod is a free podcast and always will be. If you'd like to show your support for the show, head over to patreon.com slash princekaifanpod. Patreon allows you to get extra perks and behind-the-scenes bonuses for only $1 a month. If you can't join Patreon but would still like to show your support because you just love the show so much, head over to coffee.com slash princekaifanpod. That's ko-fi.com slash princekaifanpod and leave a one-time only tip. Your support will help me bring you more TLC and Marissa Meyer content that you know and love. Now, let's get back to the episode. So let's talk about song choices. Sure. You go first. Um, well, mine was Golden by Fall Out Boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like it was a very somber song for like the end part of the chapters and the lyrics in it are very much um hang on let me let me pull them up uh it's just kind of very much um somber but also like um like notice me do do you know what i mean i I feel like that 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 makes makes sense sense to me um and that i just like it's very much um like i'm different notice me but it's like the the tone of the song is still so somber so I thought it, it worked very well with the um, the end part of the chapters that we read. So I chose Lightning Crashes by a band called Live, um, which is literally a song about a mother dying in childbirth. Lightning Crashes. Well, that's pretty lightning, accurate. Lightning Crashes, a new mother cries. Her placenta falls to the floor. The angel opens her eyes. The confusion sets in before the doctor can even close the door. Lightning crashes and old mother dies. Her intentions fall to the floor. The angel closes her eyes. The confusion that was hers belongs now to the baby down the hall. 
Um, and that's literally like the whole song. I'm not going to, I literally could sit here and sing you guys every word. My father has been singing this song to me and my sister since we were babies. Um, but this song is literally about what it's like when your wife dies during childbirth. And now you have this beautiful baby that you love and you're happy about and you get to cherish and take care of. But at the same time, you just lost the mother who you loved and cherished and took care of and how um, just overwhelming that can be. Yes. And it's a, it's a very complicated kind of emotion mm-hmm. to definitely capture in, in the song. Um, yeah, I agree. And sorry, uh, another thing with, um, with golden, um, one of the lines is, um, and all the lovers with no time for me and all of the mothers raise their babies to stay away from me. Mm. Stay away from Lavana. Yeah. Should. Winter. <laughs> so what was your quote for this one? Um, hang on. I got to find it. I wrote it down. Um, it was from earlier in the chapters. Uh, it was the... With that sort of power, she could forever quiet the mockery that followed her in the palace corridor, lit corridors, the ongoing rumors about the pathetic, ugly little princess. I just thought that that was a very um, apt quote for Lavana as a whole, like as a person, and that it really kind of highlights um, just how like insecure she is and like how that really ties in with her being a villain. I agree. That's also why I chose my quote, which was also from the beginning. It didn't bother Lavana though. She had seen potential where Channery had not. Lavana is starting to overcome some of those insecurities because she's starting to see the potential of what it means to be queen, of what it means to have power, of what it means to implement all of these plans into motion. Right. And and it's almost kind of like um she's she's watching Channery rule. And she's like taking notes of everything that Channery does wrong or incorrectly or what she would do yes. better. I think constantly what she would do better in each scenario is is Lavana's reaction to every moment that Channery is queen. Yes, it's it's kind of funny because I have an older sister and I have many memories of her coming into my room and she's like, You're so lucky that I have to do all of this first. <laughs> like how to like get getting a license applying for college like things like that like she like her and my mom would like sit on the computer for hours just trying to figure this out and then by the time i came through with it my mom knew exactly what to do oh wow i'm kind of the opposite it's hard to explain because i don't want to give like my whole child backstory stop story kind of <laughs> not in this episode right. anyway but i my older sister was a challenge to say the least. Um, and because I wasn't, I was super chill. And if anything, that made it worse for her because the only thing I did was fight with my sister. That's it. You guys, I didn't sneak out. I didn't have boys over. I didn't date behind my parents back. I read and hung out in my room and had very few friends. Oh, same. (laughs) Very few friends. I got in trouble for reading past my bedtime a lot, but like I didn't actually do anything naughty, you know? Yeah, you didn't have wild parties. No, and it kind of skipped around because like, okay, so Ivy's the oldest and she was kind of wild and then I was really chill. And then Lindsay is like the middle. She's she's younger than me, but older than our youngest sister, Samantha. And she was kind of wild. And Samantha was even chiller than me. 
So it, it had to even at <laughs> the. Um... And Lindsay, I'm not like ratting Lindsay out. Lindsay will tell you she she should have reined it in on multiple occasions. But there, you know, everybody just grows and learns in different ways. You know, Lindsay learned a lot of. Um, I don't want to say lessons, but like life lessons. Yeah, I don't know. Before I did, because she had experiences that I never like ventured into, you know? Exactly right. Yeah. And when my parents got divorced when I was 16 and I found out that my dad wasn't my dad, my dad got custody of my sisters and my mom ended up moving out. She didn't want to live in that town anymore. And I did because I only had like a year left of high school. So... I ended up getting an apartment at 16 and, you know, that changed a lot of the dynamic because when Ivy was 16, she was in high school and living at home. When Lindsay and Samantha were 16, they were in high school and living at home. When I was 16, I had an apartment, three jobs and high school all at the same time. And like basically no grown up supervision whatsoever. Right. So you were figuring everything out on your own, really. Exactly. Because none of your sisters had gone through that same thing. Lindsay or Ivy in that same situation might have taken advantage of no grownups around kind of thing. <laughs> so thank God it was you. <laughs> they might have had like fun parties and maybe I should have ventured into that world a little bit, but I was like just very distracted by school and work and all that stuff going on. Um, but, you know, I think, I think it just changes your perception of the world around you because let's think about it in that situation. What would Channery do? Channery would have a bunch of parties. Exactly. What would Lavana do? I think Lavana would work. Yeah. She'd work on I don't want to say that better. I like Lavana or Channery because I like to think I'm a better person than them. But in that situation, I think Channery would have a lot of parties and I think Lavana would get a job. Actually, you're totally right. Right? <laughs> and it's like this book really just serves as like a masterclass on like how to give your villain a good enough like backstory where it's like you can feel for them within the rights of their own story, but still hate their friggin' guts in like oh, yeah. the main story. Like Levon is terrible, but I feel kind of bad for her when I'm reading Ferris. I do. I, Ferris doesn't necessarily make me sympathize her more, but I understand her better. You know, it's, yeah, like, it, it's like we were talking about like some of her decisions from a stretch, from a strategy point, they're brilliant. From a human point, how could you even terrible that? Like, <laughs> you know? Yes, exactly. Like, like if in in the main story, I'm like, I'd be like, Lavana, what the heck are you doing? Come on, dude. Um, but like in this one, I'm a lot quicker to just be like, come on, pal. That's not what we do. It's, we don't. It's hope sad. that our crush it will ask us sad. out five minutes after their wife died. Oh my gosh, right? Like there's she's literally delusional. And I yes. don't I don't mean any of this as necessarily a clap back at mental health because I think mental health is very important. Right. I think Lit Lavana is lonely and depressed, and she's been lonely and depressed for a long time. She's been very emotionally neglected. She's been very touch starved, as uh, Cassie called it. Cassie from um, of Slippers and Spindles podcast. She's very mm-hmm. touch starved. She's very neglected. She's got a very absent family involvement, and I think that those elements All of that came together in the worst way possible. <laughs> absolutely, those elements made her the 
Yeah, so that like the first person to show her any kind of genuine human emotion, she's like, oh my God, we're, it's meant to be. Yep. We're in love. Genuinely, and I don't have like a PhD. I don't know anything about psychology. So feel free to email me, princekythampod at gmail.com and be like, hey, that's wrong because of this or that's right because of this. Like share your education, wisdom, and theories because I'm just going off of how I feel and watching Law & Order. I yes. think <laughs> I think that Lavana grew up with with nothing. She didn't have parents that cared about her or looked after her. She didn't have a sister that cared for her or looked after her. And everyone in the palace calls her the ugly duckling and makes fun of her and sees her as nothing more than Channery's annoying, insignificant little sister. I don't even know if anyone has ever hugged her. Or told her she's beautiful. Or told her they loved her. Maybe someone has never even told her honestly to have a good day. To rest easy. To sleep tight. Things that you and I might take for granted. Like even just walking, even just leaving Walmart, someone will tell you, okay, have a good one. But imagine yeah. being someone who's never heard that kind of a sentence structure in your life. That'll take a toll. Right? And then yeah. this one person is kind. And of course, she's going to look back at every interaction he's ever had with her. And it doesn't hurt that he's easy on the eyes. <laughs> it never hurts that they're easy on the eyes, right? So right. of course, she's going to analyze each little moment that they've ever had together. And she's going to think about how it could fit her story. And that's where the obsession part comes in. And that's why I say I don't think that she loves him. I think that she's obsessed with the idea of love and that he is where that obsession has been targeted. Right. And that he was just kind of there. He was kind of there. And, you know, he gave her that one teeny tiny ounce of I acknowledge that you exist and I'm not upset about it. And that was enough. Right. I was like respect. Yeah. That was literally basically what he did to her was nothing more than common decency and kindness from a stranger. But she's so starved for any kind of affection whatsoever that that was all she needed. Oof. Imagine yeah. if this had come from Thaumatur's uh, Joshua, as we just talked about, who yeah. was also very attractive and very involved in the court. Imagine how she would react if she had always had a crush on him and he gave her a present for her birthday. And if he was, like, nice enough to just say, like, hey, you look nice today. Uh-huh. Immediate love. Yep. <laughs> and and I genuinely think that. And I could be wrong. I'm, I'm not an expert by any means. I'm not an expert on anything. I may be Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> but I think that Lavana is very neglected. And I think that this and her story shows us the dangers of what that can do to a person and what kind of toll yeah. it can take. Yeah. And I guess I will have to see what happens, what kind of toll it does take. Because we still have like 200 pages left, you guys. Yeah. We've, right. We're in the, in the thick of it now. We are, because this book only has 222 pages. It's so a, a very small book, like in comparison to yeah to, to next like book, which is, pages so yeah <laughs> <laughs> so this week the bonus word hair appeared four times and there were two easter eggs shannon take a moment tell everybody where they can find you and all of your lovely artwork on social media <laughs> 
Um, you can find me on Instagram, on Tumblr, on Twitter. Um, pretty sure that's it at Shan Lightyear. Um, and I draw a lot of Luna Chronicles fan art. So I'm sure that if you're, if you have an itch for some Crescent Thorn, I'm, you will find a lot of it there. Absolutely. Which, which we all look forward to. Um, <laughs> Next week, we are going to cover pages 66 to 88. And remember, you can find the schedule for that on Instagram and on the website. Don't forget to follow on Instagram, rate, review, subscribe, all those wonderful things. And please take a moment to check out Patreon so you can come to the two-year anniversary party, which will be on May 19th. Um, I can't believe it's been almost two years. It's very That's- exciting. It feels like just yesterday that I I found your page. (laughs) Big thank you for coming. Readers, keep listening, keep reading, and until next time, don't get glamoured. Bye. Bye. The passages read for you today are from Ferris by Marissa Meyer. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger. Today's special guest was Patreon member and local artist Shannon. The intro-outro music was composed by Emma Pavo, and the logo art was created by Angela Wong. Thank you for listening.